You're listening to the Earmark edition of Laying Down the Law with Billy DeClerc, Esquire. You can earn free NASBA-approved continuing professional education credits for listening to this episode. To get started, download the free Earmark CPE app, register for the course, take a quick quiz, and get your CPE certificate. It's that easy. Learn more at earmarkcpe.com. And now, on to the episode. Warning. Laying Down the Law is a comedy podcast intended to be humorous. Human listener discretion is advised. From the Beyond Unreasonable Doubt Studios, in association with Feitner Productions, it's Laying Down the Law! With your host, Billy DeClerc! Hey, that's me. Yeah, that's right, Billy. That's you. <sighs> Featuring Kathy Eller, Tony Senator, and Bia Smith. Only a madman would dare to bring these people together to build a world of law and order, only to tear it apart with laughter. That madman is attorney Billy DeClerc. The result is a podcast blasted to the farthest reaches of the internet. That podcast is this one and it starts right now welcome to laying down the law earmark edition the law and comedy podcast hosted by me billy DeClerc. i'd like to introduce my three returning guests today first welcome back a star of the legal comedy show law and disorder returning guest most memorably known for playing a certain president talking to a certain ukrainian president on this very podcast she's a costume designer with five stars on poshmark a comic, an improviser, an actor from the Upright Citizens Brigade, and the star of Live Rude Girls at Second City Hollywood. She can be seen in the films Listen Water and Willa May, the Church Lady Vampire Slayer. Welcome. You can follow her at Pia Minsky Style, the hilarious Pia Smith. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome, Pia. Great and, to be back. And welcome back, another returning guest the star of the LA comedy stages and the host of a comedy improv podcast, Super Squirrel Conversations. And guide for clueless rich people. She's a star of the Upright Citizens Brigade and a member of the internet comedy sensation, You're On Mute, founder of the long form improv troupe, Rave Propellers. You can follow her on Instagram at squirrel underscore convo. Welcome back, Kathy Eller. Yay! Happy to be back! All right. And finally, she's an experienced voice actor, improviser, alumni of NYU, winner of the Sovas Voice Art Awards. She's the lead singer of a vampire cover band, Give Blood, and she too performs with the internet comedy juggernaut, You're On Mute. Follow her on Instagram at Tony Senator. She's Tony Senator. <laughs> Hello. Thanks for having me back. Well, I. I am thrilled to have all of you back on the show, but first a word from our sponsor. Assuming we have a sponsor. I don't know if we have a sponsor, but maybe we will. I don't know. I'm going to find out pretty soon. We can all right. fake a sponsor. Yeah, those, uh, those are excellent goods and or services. Well, if we don't find a sponsor, we'll put in a PSA or something here. All don't right. do drugs. Don't right. do drugs. That's right. All right. Well, let's get into it, folks. This week's case of the week explores the principle of agency law. 
agency being when one person has authority to act for another. So there's a principle, the person that someone is acting on behalf of, and the agent, the person who is acting on behalf of the person, like a real estate agent acts on behalf of the principal, the buyer and or seller of property. So the, the agency law case we are exploring is called Mill Street Church of Christ versus Hogan from the Court of Appeals of Kentucky from 1990. Yay! It's a, a recent one. 1990. I know. Usually I'm going back to the 1890s. Yeah. Right. yeah. I love the 90s. <laughs> Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Was he wearing neon? That he was. A... He was probably wearing plaid and um, and uh, some torn up jeans. So this is a case involving workers' compensation insurance. When the the plaintiff, um, Mr. Hogan, got injured painting a church. So in 1986, the elders. Was he a member of the church? That is a great question. I don't know the answer. I think so. But it wasn't. It wasn't his membership in the church that caused his injury. I will point that out. Okay. They decided the church needed to be repainted because, and I quote, maintaining a safe and attractive place of worship clearly is part of a church's function. Yeah. That's true. I guess right? that's true. Yep. Matters. Yep. So uh, there are two brothers, that, the, the Hogan brothers, Sam Hogan and Bill Hogan. So it's important you understand know, Sam Hogan and Bill Hogan. Are they related to Hulk Hogan? I think so. Of course they are. This is Kentucky. You know, everybody's related to somebody. I apologize to the people of the great state of Kentucky. No offenses intended by this comment. It's, Hogan is actually a relatively common last name. By the way, do you know about the Hulk Hogan case, folks? Do, do you no. know anything about? Oh, well, you know, the Hulk Hogan versus Gawker case. Hulk Hogan. Oh, yeah. Uh, he shut it down. Mm -hmm, yeah. So um, what happened is Peter Thiel, Internet billionaire, um, was outed by the website Gawker. And so in order to take revenge, he decided to fund litigation by Hulk Hogan against Gawker Media when Gawker um, had posted a SEX tape. Of Hulk Hogan? Uh, yeah, apparently there was a, an SEX tape uh, oh. that, um, uh, the word spells sex. Um, it was a, what? <laughs> Yes. So, are, so we are allowed to use the word and we don't have to spell it out each time if it should come up. We can, we can, yeah. So you're allowed to say the <laughs> okay. word. This is, okay. I'm going to put a little, I'm going to put a check mark next to the little E. This is explicit content. <laughs> use the word sex. Um, and um, so apparently, so he, he, they posted this um, sex tape and he sued for, I think public disclosure of private facts, some version of a defamation tort. And he won, he got like a hundred million dollars in damages. And it came out after the case that Peter Thiel had been secretly funding the lawsuit as basically a, a grudge against Gawker Media because he's a very conservative and didn't want to be outed, apparently. Time out. Hello, this is Billy from the future, just jumping in to interrupt right here because you asked about the Hulk Hogan case. And just after recording this podcast, I received a copy of Allow Me to Retort. A Black Guy's Guide to the Constitution by Ellie Mistal. I highly recommend this book. I received it from my sister, at Solve for Better on Twitter. Uh, and it talks about this exact case. Uh, it talks about how Peter Thiel, who's a venture capitalist that founded PayPal, um, was outed by Gawker in 2007. He became so angry that he started funding litigation against the website Gawker, but was lucky 
when Terry Bolia, that's the real name for Hulk Hogan, uh, decided to sue Gawker in an invasion of privacy case where a sex tape was posted on the website Gawker and he won $140 million, effectively shutting the Gawker website down. Now, the commentary by uh, Ellie Mistal is pretty interesting and I highly recommend it. It's in chapter one, but uh, I wanted to interrupt and make sure that I got that information correct for you, dear listener. And now, back to the show. That's got nothing to do with the Mill Street Church of Christ whatsoever. This, wait, this also doesn't have to do with it, but I've been watching Pam and Tommy and they did not win their lawsuit. And their tape was like stolen and then posted everywhere. They needed to have Peter Thiel help them out. I guess you know? so. And sometimes it's justice unfair. doesn't, well, justice and, and fairness doesn't always prevail. Usually it's the, uh, uh, it's very often the person that has the stronger ability to fight. Yeah. And he probably wasn't a billionaire back in the Pam and Tommy days. Probably. Oh, right. He's probably not a billionaire now. I don't think. That's well, probably true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I did two days of background on Pam and, Pam and Tommy. They had good catering. Hey. Oh, One of the guys who was in my Second City class is in a scene in Pam and Tommy. Yeah. One of All my right. friends auditioned for Pam and Tommy. Ah. <laughs> I know somebody Six who degrees. watched I know somebody who watched <laughs> one episode of Pam and Tommy. Hey, you? <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> I'm going to watch Okay, well. Okay. Yeah. All see. right, so if um listener if you decide to go ahead and pause this podcast and go watch Pam and Tommy, <laughs> you can go ahead I and recommend it. Yes, right. Send us send a royalty check to uh, Beyond yes. Unreasonable Doubt Productions, four four five South Figueroa <laughs> Avenue, Suite thirty one hundred, Los Angeles, California. All right, Mill Street Church of Christ versus Hogan. Um, the The Mill Street Church of Christ elders decided that the paint the church needed some paint, and so the elders decided that Bill Hogan would paint the 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 church. Bill Hogan was a member of the church, by the way. They also decided that uh, Gary Petty would help if um, if Bill Hogan needed the help. Um, they had they had hired Bill Hogan in the past, and uh, he'd done other kind of jobs for the church, and so had his brother Sam. They'd done uh, jobs for the church together, and and Sam is the one who sues here. Bill is not the one suing; it's Sam Hogan who's suing. Um, oh, in answer to your question, it says here that Sam had been a member of the church, but he was no longer a member of the church as of the time of the facts of this case. Got it, got it, okay, interesting. It's an, it's an important side note, I don't know why it matters, but he had been a member, he wasn't when, this, when, the, when the events occurred. So Dr. David Wagoner, one of the el elders of the church, Dr. Wagoner contacted Bill Hogan and, and said, hey, we need the church painted, and Bill said he would. Apparently he didn't mention that he would need to hire a helper. Now, <clears throat> the court wants to emphasize here that it's pretty clear based on the size of the church that Bill Hogan wasn't going to be able to paint it all by himself. All right. So Bill, he started painting by himself until he reached the baptistry portion of the church. This was very high and very difficult to paint. And he decided he did need a helper. So he went to Dr. Wagner. He said, Dr. Wagner, I think I need a helper. And Dr. Wagner said, no problem. We already approved to hire Gary Petty. Bill Wagner said to, to, the, to Dr. Wagner, well, you know, uh, I don't know. Uh, Petty's hard to reach. He doesn't answer the phone very often. Uh, it, it was some. It was just just says he was difficult to reach. 
Um, but they knew that there was going to be a helper hired. Very important fact. The church had some idea that a helper would be hired. No mention of Sam Hogan, but an understanding that there would be a helper hired. But Sam worked with for them before, you said. He had worked for them before, but not with the painting job. Oh, it, may, right. it may have been before he left the church. Not really clear if, the, if there is a relationship between those things. But he. So it is important that Sam had worked for the church before, had done other jobs, had worked with his brother, Bill. He just right. wasn't specifically authorized for this job. Mm-hmm. So Bill Hogan couldn't find Petty. Uh, Gary Petty. And so he approached his brother, Sam, and he said, Sam, I'm going to need your help. Um, Here's how much we'll pay you. And Sam said, okay, I'll do the job. So on the very first day that Sam started working, he climbed the ladder to paint a ceiling quarter and a leg of the ladder broke. He He fell to the floor and broke his left arm. Sam was taken to the Grayson County Hospital emergency room where he was treated. He was placed under the care of Dr. Dr. James Kleinert, a surgeon in Louisville. They didn't know, the church elders didn't know that Bill Hogan had approached Sam Hogan to work as a helper until after the accident. So Sam Hogan fell off a ladder. In March? Yeah. (laughs) It was in December of 1986, his first day on the job. Okay. It was a half an hour after he started. He fell off the freaking ladder. Oh my God. Wow. I think they planned it. I'm sorry. <laughs> the church, you think, was mm-hmm. after him? I Damn. him and the brother. Oh, could be. Right? Church has got money. That's right. Well, it's actually there is an insurance company involved. It's a state automobile mutual insurance company uh, that's apparently driving this case. Um, insurance is also a big deal. So after his brother fell off the ladder, Bill Hogan went and reported the accident to Charles Payne, who was a church elder and treasurer. Payne said that uh, he admitted that the church did have insurance. Bill told Payne the number of hours worked, which included the half an hour that Sam Hogan had worked before he fell off the ladder. (laughs) Payne gave him a check for all those hours. And Bill also, um, he didn't use his own tools or materials for the project. Uh, for those of you who are thinking about independent contractors versus employees, that's an important fact. Um, mm-hmm. He didn't have his own tools or materials. The church supplied all the tools, materials, and supplies necessary to complete the project. Bill Hogan had purchased those items from Dunn's hardware store and charged them to the church's account. See, that's what it was. Like, was he allowed to do that? He was. See, yeah, like being a freelancer, when I was freelancing for like, set decoration like we had to buy all our stuff and then we had like they gave us 150 dollars like they're like 150 dollars but a lot of times like what you need is way more than that so well, that i like is, that they had it i like that 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 the church did that because supplying your own stuff is sometimes they quote you really low well kathy let me just take a pause for a second and tell you that that was wildly illegal yeah. Um, what, uh, <laughs> what happened to you? <laughs> do you need a lawyer? And, and, ha- and was, it few- was it fewer than four years ago? <laughs> was it? No, because like that's what they do for wait, free. Wait, how long? But how long ago was it? I'm like, wait, I'm developing business right here on my own podcast. How long ago did I'm, that happen? I, uh, I probably, yeah, it was probably seven years ago. Was it? It's uh, more. They oh, should yeah. have you to re- to turn in your receipts and reimburse your yeah. receipts. Yeah, no, they, yeah. They, 
Well, I meant like, cause like I would use like $150, but I would use like my pins. Like I had pins cause I would like, um, I helped costuming with like, it came unripped and I'm like, oh, I have some pins. So like stuff that I, I know I was giving away my stuff. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is. And I also like as a costumer, so no, I don't, I, so I turn in my receipts and then I get a kit rental fee so that whatever I use for my kit, yeah. like I'm not. You quoted me first. And then I, oh yeah, okay. Um, I got ripped off. You did well, very yeah, badly. Mm. That again, right? I'm sorry. Oh, you'll never do that again, right? You'll never, if you go back to that profession, oh. Kathy, you will never accept $150 when you spent 300. Yeah. No, no, here's what you're gonna do. <laughs> yeah. This is what you're gonna do. Okay? <laughs> you are gonna let them not reimburse you. Okay? <laughs> you're gonna say, you're gonna tell them, you're gonna keep the receipts. Okay. You're going to say, oh yeah, $150 is just fine, but make sure it doesn't get recorded or in writing anywhere. <laughs> and then you're going to go spend $155 and keep the receipt. <laughs> then you are going to call me and we are going to sue the shit out of them. Um, then you just like incriminate yourself by putting that on a podcast. Nobody listens to this podcast. <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> You'll, you'll edit that part out. I think they, I think this was, this was a dirty deed on their part. It was, that is, that is ridiculous. You have to, <laughs> folks, if you're an accountant and you're listening to this podcast, folks, you can tell your uh, clients, businesses, they need to reimburse employee expenses. The number one fastest growing area of the law in the state of California right now is plaintiff side employment claim claims. And one of the areas that's an easy slam dunk is personal use of cell phone. They take a, you take a picture for work on your cell phone and your employer doesn't reimburse you, then you go sue them and say, I had personal business expenses. That'll be $60,000, please. At CBS yesterday, one of the girls on the floor she was working. She was just on her phone the entire time. Oh yeah, I think that <laughs> I was is. Just I, like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. I think that that is. Uh, so She's I don't know. Having a conversation. Yeah. Well. I don't know if she could sue for that because unless she's not using it, she's not using it for work purposes. Then that's a. Different it, been, hmm? it made me mad. For, I, I'm still mad about it, as you can tell. Rightfully so. And calling someone on a customer's behalf to like get information about a product. No, definitely not. Because <laughs> she was talking about kids going to school and blah, blah, blah. All right. It was a personal call for sure. And I needed help and I couldn't ask her because she was on the phone. She was posting to Instagram about those dental <laughs> flossers that she needed <laughs> on aisle 12. <laughs> right. Well, we've gone way far astray. Well, I but know, man. <laughs> It all relates back to principle and agency law. You see the principle here, the principle, P-R-I-N-C-I-P-A-L, principal, principal, like the principal of a school who's not your pal. The principal is the person for whom the, the actions are taken. So here the church is the principal. The church is giving, so the, the question really is whether Bill Hogan, was an agent for the church that had the authority 
to hire his brother, Sam. Oh. Okay. So this case comes to, this case is an agency law case because if, if Sam wasn't authorized to be hired by the church and he was there for, again, this isn't the state of California, the, the rules in, in states change can be different, but if he wasn't there as the church's employee, then he wouldn't be covered for workers' comp insurance. And so he wouldn't get any money from the insurance company for his broken arm. So of course the insurance company would much rather pay a lawyer than pay for a broken arm because that's <laughs> how insurance companies roll. Yeah. I have I have no insurance company clients. <laughs> Um, so, so the question is whether Bill Hogan was authorized as an agent to hire his brother. Now, remember, what are the facts? You know, folks, this is where we're going to do a little quizzing of who is paying attention. What are the facts that support the idea that Bill had the agency authority to hire Sam? Well, you said that it was obvious that he would need help based on the size of the church. Mm -hmm. That's true. He also, uh, remember, they discussed Mr. Petty. Yeah. Right, right. And he was unavailable. He was unavailable, but they knew that he was going to need a helper and they authorized him to hire Mr. Petty. Also, Sam Hogan had worked for the church before. Right. So they knew that they were going to need, he was going to need a helper. They knew he couldn't paint it by himself. They knew they, they said he could hire a helper. And after the fact, when he went to the treasurer, now here's you, now you CPAs who are listening here, here's where you can help your clients. The treasurer wrote a check, meaning to be helpful for that half an hour of work that Sam did before he fell off the ladder. Oh. It's the, yeah. It's all over, right? So since he was paid, then obviously well, it was it's okay? A, it's another fact supporting the idea that Bill Hogan was authorized to hire Sam. Because Mr. Charles Payne paid for that half an hour of time, paid for the supplies. What was a half an hour's time worth back in 1986? 1986? Uh, 12 cents. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> $5. $5. Um, yeah, so he, he gave him a check for all of the hours, including his brother's time, um, and reimbursed him for the expenses, Dunn's hardware store. And so, the, so there are two doctrines of authority here that the, the court's um, looking at. One is implied or actual authority, and the other is apparent authority. So those of you that are taking notes, this is where you'd pull out your notebook. And those of you that are taking a quiz, this is an excellent point for a quiz question. The difference between implied or actual authority or apparent authority. Actual authority is that the principal here, the church, actually intended for the agent to have the authority to do things that are necessary to carry out the purpose of the delegated task. So here, Bill Hogan was put in charge of painting the church. The church gave him the actual or implied authority to do whatever he needed to do to paint the freaking church. And so, right. so you look at the relationship and basically the church said, you, Bill Hogan, you're going to paint the church and do what you need to do. Buy the supplies, get a helper, whatever you need to do. That's your job. We just want to see the church painted about the time you're done. It didn't necessarily matter that the church was hoping they'd, that he'd hire somebody who was still going to the church, Mr. Petty, and not someone who had dropped out, Mr. Sam Hogan. But they knew that he, he was going to need somebody. So all those, all those factors support a, an actual authority that Bill Hogan, as the agent of the church, had the authority to hire his brother as a helper. They never said that he can't hire someone who's not in the church, right? 
Right. So the, all that authority is implied when you ask somebody to do something, you are, you're basically, they're your agent, meaning that they're in charge of completing that task and they have the authority they need to complete that task. Um, so in principle and agency law, the reason that's important is that when an agent is authorized to act on behalf of the principal, then the agent can bind, quote unquote, the word is bind, the principal. So the church is responsible legally responsible for what Bill Hogan did because he was acting within the scope of his authority. Mm, so he, was he was allowed to hire somebody, so the church right. is responsible. So the other version of agency here that we're talking about is apparent authority. So this is not the same thing as actual authority or implied authority that comes with the position. We're looking at the perspective of Sam. Bill's brother. So Sam is, it, from, from his perspective, from where he's sitting, he doesn't necessarily know all the things that Bill knows about they were, that they were going to hire another person, that he was allowed to hire a helper, that they told him he could do what he needed to do to complete the job, that, you know, that he had basically been put in charge of this job. He just knew, Bill's painting the church, and he asked me to help. So, right. so the idea of apparent authority is to protect these third parties who are relying on the impression that the other person is, is acting on behalf of the church. It's, it's basically called the reliance interest, That's, that Sam Hogan had the ability to rely on his, on his brother's representation or his behavior that implied that he had the, that, sorry, that's that word implied, but that, that told, apparently meant he could hire him. So because from Sam's perspective, it's not fair if the church says, well, we didn't say you could hire your brother, right? right. It's, it's not fair that, that he, you know, from his perspective, it seemed like they could have. So the church is, from the church's perspective, it's kind of unfair because they're not in control of who gets hired, right? And, and they're charged. So if Bill had hired Sam and done something wrong and, and the church was charged with that behavior because they put Bill in charge and then Bill did something crazy, right? He's the agent, apparently. And so the law kind of looks at these two people in different perspectives, and they say, well, the principal, the church, has a better ability to choose an agent or to put somebody in charge, has a better ability to control. And so in when we're deciding between what's fair to someone who's a third party who doesn't know whether the person's really an agent or not, and the principal, the person who's ultimately responsible, we're going to stick it to the principal. Also, that's the insurance company. So we're going to stick it to the insurance company. So, so there's lots of reasons. He had, been, he had worked for the church before. He had been paid for the work. It was something that happened in the past. So, so the court here is looking at basically two reasons why there would be authority. Can I just say, it sounds so, it sounds so formal, like my church growing up like was next to a school and like the school janitor was also the PE teacher who also did stuff in the church so it seems like right here like that they seem like any church church is always about like small communities and stuff that they would have not been so serious with Sam like they would have been like oh yeah it's his brother I'm like if he didn't fall and cost them money like they wouldn't care who he hired true fell and cost them money i think that's why yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean there was a smooth, hey 
you know bring your whole family and paint the church but that's when well that's when billy uh (laughs) that's when that's when we decide to uh do a podcast about it it would cost them less just to pay for it instead of like go through all this legal stuff you know that is a that is a really good question. A cost benefit analysis. I I don't know. It, I mean, presumably the the insurance company was considering that. Although there's also you know, um, well I could go on a long diatribe about the law and economics here. Do you have Do you want to go on this journey with me? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So <laughs> so yeah. Was Sam? Well, I mean, how did it become a legal matter? Like, did the church just say, when he said, hey, who's going to pay for my hospital bills? Did the church try to deny him? So what had happened in the initial case, so this is an appeal. In the initial case, the Workers' Compensation Board had said, for workers' comp purposes, Sam is your employee. So the church, really the insurance company, appealed. Mm -hmm. In the case of insurance companies, typically, um, they have attorneys that they pay on a a lower rate and they do a volume practice. They do a lot of cases, workers comp um, rates are very low. It's very inexpensive. And so they're doing a cost benefit analysis. And when you're looking at a workers comp case, typically it's the injury and the disability that goes with it. And um, there's a whole analysis and you have to compensate the person for the injury for as long as it's gonna affect them in their work scenario. And so insurance companies, because insurance companies are evil, they're necessary evil, but they're evil. Um, the state farm guy is evil. They are. They are. Listen, listen, listen. You don't get the tallest building in every single city by paying out claims. You get the tallest building in every single city by accepting premiums and denying claims. Okay. That is how you get the tallest building in the city. You accept premiums and deny claims. Okay, You're that's the wrong. insurance game. I know I'm not wrong. And <laughs> I know I'm right about this. I'm wrong about a lot of things, but this I know. So the law and <laughs> economics theory, in an individual case, if you're totally rational and have perfect information, you will, you'll, um, every case will settle. Basically, is the, the, the general theory of law and economics. Um, and it's been, um, it was best articulated by Judge Posner in the Seventh Circuit out of Chicago. So Judge Richard Posner is a big uh, law and economics proponent and basically says, with perfectly rational actors, with perfect information, we'll resolve the case every single time without necessity of going to court. Because if you have perfect information, you know exactly what your probability of success is and what the cost is of getting there versus the cost of paying a claim. And so when when someone gets sued, they're going to have to think about, well, what's it going to cost for me to hire an attorney and defend the case versus just pay out the claim, which is why plaintiffs, employment law attorneys are the fastest growing business in the state of California, because every single time on an individual basis, it's going to be cheaper to pay a claim than to hire an attorney and defend yourself. Plus you have the uncertainty. You don't know what's going to happen in a trial. So in this case, back to your question, Tony, in this case, the insurance company decided it's cheaper for us to hire lawyers to appeal this case than it is to pay for this guy's broken arm. Insurance companies are very rational. And they, <laughs> they are. I believe that. They are very rational and they are very good at doing actuarial tables of costs and figuring out you know, what are, what's the likely exposure of something. 
And so they figured it's probably cheaper to appeal and deny this guy benefits if we can, as opposed to pay for his broken arm. That's crazy. It's a human being. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not how insurance companies think. Church. I am ashamed. Uh Oh my God. It's a church. Yep. I believe the Hill Street Church of Christ. I don't. I believe that Christ didn't say love your neighbor except when he falls off a ladder in your church. In those cases, fuck you. That's not. The, that's not the principal piece. That's not. The I don't know. Piece. I think that's in the Bible somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> the end of the story is that in fact the underlying court's decision was affirmed. The award of workers' compensation damages was upheld, and Sam Hogan got his money. good good plus a little i mean something for pain and stuff so how much did he i mean geez it couldn't have been Mm, it doesn't say how much money here in my very hefty law school case book (laughs) these are heavily edited we don't care about how much money all right we have a little law school hypothetical (laughs) suppose that paul owns an apartment building and ann is hired to manage it if Paul tells Ann to hire a company to cut the grass and Ann does it, does Paul have to pay the contract? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. in charge. Yes. Yep. That's so that's yeah. that's that's actual or implied authority, right? She they told they told her get someone to cut the grass. That's what Ann did. So that was her actual authority. So yeah. I feel like my apartment, my management told the people to like, hey, have someone blow the grass or whatever the leaves at a a time that's going to be so annoying (laughs) i think like every person in the apartment building because that's i mean yeah it's annoying time 7 a.m on saturday right yeah yeah (laughs) so annoying and i'm just that's what i feel like maybe that was cheaper i don't know but that's what my (laughs) i Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. The blow the 7 a.m. on Saturday. That's when the blowers start. My, my gym is outside and they they always blow the leaves at 7 a.m. like every day, which is exactly when like our class starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> my poor coaches are like, ah, can't hear me. <laughs> All right. Quiz question number two. All right. Okay. Paul, Paul and Ann. Um, remember Paul's the apartment owner and the manager and has not been asked to hire a janitorial company. She goes and she hires janitorial company to clean the apartment common areas, not the individual apartments, just the common areas. Is Paul responsible to pay the contract of the janitorial company? Wait, so she's still hired to, what was she hired to do? She's the manager. He hasn't told her to hire. He didn't tell her to hire a janitor. But she went ahead and did it anyway. Is the, I think Paul, Paul's responsible. I agree. Yes. Because like plumbing is important, like, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's well, that everybody has to have. Well, and this is, again, this is from the perspective of the janitorial company. So that's apparent authority. She's the manager. She's right. got, it's within her scope of duty. So clearly there's an apparent authority to hire a janitorial company. And if Paul says, well, I didn't tell her she could hire, she could hire you. She's the manager. She signed the contract. She's there. He's going to be bound by that contract. And it's also implied as part of her role as an apartment manager that, you know, cleaning the common area is something that she'd be responsible oh, yeah. to ensure occurs. So, so under both of those theories, I would say she would, that Paul would be responsible to pay for that contract. Now, just curiously, I mean, I know that these are hypotheticals, mm-hmm. but 
it's unlikely that she would do that without saying, hey, I'm going to hire a janitor. Well, yeah, most likely she would have some some kind of a contract that would define what the scope of her authority is. Um, So, you know, so what would happen? So what could happen in a three in a three part kind of relationship like that is if let's say Paul gave um, gave her a contract and in her contract, he says, you're only allowed to spend one hundred dollars a month on janitorial. All right. And she goes out and she hires a janitor company for one hundred fifty dollars a month. So she, the janitor is going to say, here's my bill for $150. Paul's going to say, I only authorized $100 a month. And the janitorial company is going to say, tough patooties. Right. We were hired. We quoted the bid. Your agent signed the contract. You need to pay $150. So the problem then is, become, is between Paul and Anne, right? So she exceeded the scope of her authority, but it's not fair to the third party who relied on the apparent implied authority of the manager to not pay, pay her contract, but she, Paul might fire in or, you know, make a claim out of the contract that she wasn't allowed to do that. And so that would be, so that's how the burdens and the benefits are kind of laid out. Okay. Okay. Um, the use of these words applied and implied and all of this <laughs> starting to get a little salady up here, but it's okay. Yeah. Well, well, let's, 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 let's unsalad the salad and let's, what, so what did you want to, so the no no I'll I'll catch on but you know it's uh I just need a little practice with uh with these concepts well sometimes I go really like I go fast and sometimes I over explain and then sometimes I don't explain enough so so let me so just coming back so the basic rule of this case the basic thing that you that it's the case is the reason it's in this uh, law law school textbook a business law textbook is because you're talking about the concept of a principal and an agent relationship. So the principal being the person who is having someone something done for them, they're the one in charge, they're the one that's ultimately responsible, and the agent who acts on behalf of the principal. Okay, and this case, this case really is designed to demonstrate two versions of agency. There are other versions of agency law. There are other ways that someone can be an agent of a principal. And there are other rules that can apply based upon the relationship of the principal and the agent. But this, this case is designed to show you how implied or actual authority works. So in this case, we have Bill, the, the guy who's hired to paint the church, is the agent of the church under a theory of implied or actual authority because he's his job is to paint the church he needs he's got the authority the ability to do whatever it is that's necessary to achieve the purpose of what he's been they use the word delegate what's been delegated to him so it's been delegated so the church obviously has an interest in having a i think the words of the case are maintaining a safe and attractive place of worship clearly is part of a church's function and one for which it would designate an agent to ensure the building is properly painted and maintained. Yeah, you want pretty wedding pictures, don't Absolutely. you? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you-, you don't want your wedding to be like with purple <laughs> walls. Right. <laughs> right, you can't charge 25 grand to have a wedding in your church if the paint's peeling. <laughs> you just can't. Exactly. I, hate- I don't, even if it's, I'm not getting married, I don't want to pray and like, 
<laughs> well, I feel like this is, it's a very, like, it, there's nothing to debate on this case because it's just obvious. Like, obviously the churches should be held responsible. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think the real question that's interesting is why did they appeal it? Yeah, like the church appealed it or the insurance company appealed it. I actually think that question that uh, I forgot who asked this early on is whether Sam was a member of the church. I kind of think that that's part yeah. of it. It's like, like this dude dropped out of church and he stopped coming and he comes and paints for a half a freaking hour. Yep. And then we're going to pay for his broken arm because his brother was like, yeah, hey, come on, bro. Help me paint the church. But it's not his fault. He felt like. Yeah, I mean, do it on purpose. I don't know. We don't know if Sam, if Sam Hogan was a lush. <laughs> but I mean, I guess, I mean, just because he's not attending, it's not like, you know, he didn't, you know, I mean, we don't know, I guess, the circumstances that he left, but I'm guessing he didn't like go to worship Satan. <laughs> no. <laughs> you never know. That requires <laughs> you to get up early in the morning. You got to start early. Wait, I thought Satan happens at night. I know you sleep during the day. You got to get up early, yeah. like two in the morning. Oh, I see. Paint you your mean. anagrams. Okay. And it's just, that's okay. a lot of work. It's a lot of work. <laughs> I mean, you got to be committed. You got to be yeah. committed. I can't commit to <sighs> No, Lucifer, Lucifer don't, Lucifer don't tolerate no lightweights. <laughs> I bet you they're still alive. It would be super cool if we were able to interview them. <laughs> oh, yeah. We should have gotten oh. them on the phone right now. Get them. Get <laughs> get Just call every Bill Hogan. And, yeah, or Sam. Sam Hogan. And Sam had a little trouble picking up the phone, though. <laughs> what with that arm? Oh, uh, I was going to say too soon, but it's been years, so I think it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, like usually the cases are like, you know. They're usually from the 30s. Yeah. These guys, I bet you they're still thriving. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, interesting. There's nothing in here about suing the ladder company because the ladder broke, by the way. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Very good. I mean, but how old was the ladder? Again, if the church supplied the ladder, well, it's the church's yeah. fault. Yeah. Well, it doesn't say in the case whether Bill Hogan had gone down to Dunn's hardware store and bought a new ladder or whether it was the one they had, you know, just just kind of like the wooden ladder they had behind the place, just kind of like like molding away. Yeah, like in the sun, like just yeah, rotting. Just, it's just yeah. complete garbage ladder. And then they leaned it on a wire. All right, you guys want to do a little improv? Wait, improv? <laughs> right, I literally forgot. <laughs> forgot this is it, law and improv. So, uh, I I would love this job, but just know that um, if I get hired, I'm, I'm going to need an assistant. Okay. No problem. Yeah, we totally back you up on that. I mean, sure. Just um, make sure it's a capable person, you know, someone you can trust, you know, know, but we're here for you. Sure. I mean, because like wedding planning is like so difficult, you know, and I just need someone to help run around um, my sister's really great. If I can just get my sister. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's my sister that's getting married. So I feel like oh, if yeah. I can speak for my sister, you could 
speak for your sister, right? So yeah, I'm 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 cool with that. Yeah, I think everything will be fine. Totally fine. Bonding with you. So Me between too. you, I just want to let you know she has a little drinking problem. So does my sister. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh! Oh my it's gosh! So <laughs> she loves Long Island iced tea. What about your sister? Oh yeah, she likes LA waters. Yeah. What's it's LA similar water? though? <laughs> it's kind of like a Long Island, like it's a dirtier Long Island iced tea. <laughs> very good very yeah good. yeah interesting gosh yeah. maybe we should all hang out sometime well, we on the wedding day oh uh, hello oh hi um hey jane you are the most awesome wedding planner sister in the world oh thank you thank you doing right now i'm at the smog cutter i know it's only 2 p.m oh, why don't you come down and have a little the bartender who is very cute by the way at 2 p.m how long have you been there oh that doesn't matter that does not matter Oh, come on. I just got you this job. Remember, we're going to try to play low key on the alcoholism. Just come down here and meet me and you can taste these um, Long Islands and we can uh, see if they make for like the signature drink for the wedding. Oh, okay. If it's for the wedding. <laughs> yeah, if it's for the wedding. I knew you would make it. Of course, if it's anything for the wedding, you know, <laughs> it's totally about the wedding. Oh my god! I just want you to know, I only took a sip. I didn't drink. I just had one sip. Just one sip. What's up? What's up? I was waiting for you. Because I can't wait till you plan my awesome wedding. Wait, we're not planning yours. We're you're helping me with the wedding. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh my god. Well, that works. Cause that way, that way I don't have to be careful about my drinking. It's cool if I just if I just have a sip before we go to work, right? It's cool. Oh my goodness. I've, fine, fine. One sip won't hurt. It's if we're going to be used as, you know, tasting, you know, tasting our menus for our clients, yeah, you know. It's so important. It's real important. Drink up. Here we go. Cheers. I was Cheers. Honey, <laughs> Billy, babe, there is a drunk woman ruining the setup of my wedding right now. How did this happen? What did you do? Who did you hire? This is the most important day of my life. I don't know. I mean, uh, the, I mean, they were like, they said they could plan the wedding. And so I said, okay. That's your answer? Well, That's I mean, this is an important day. And I thought two heads are better than one. So, what is wrong with you today? Are you high? What is it? You don't even sound like yourself. 
We're getting married today. She's ruining my wedding. I, she might fall off a ladder and like break her arm or something. I don't know. She's crazy out there. She's like dancing around with the decorations and I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know where my sister is. I thought that I left her in charge, but I, I don't know what to do. It's my wedding day. Excuse me. Um, I just need you to. Are you the bride? Yes. You look beautiful. I just, I pulled these flowers down off of the, uh, off of the tables, just thinking they would look better in your hair. No, why, why would you do that? We, they need to stay on the tables. Oh my God. Oh, like, oh, okay. Well, you know what? Okay. Excuse me. I'm going to just grab a ladder and put the I don't, I don't think we should go on any ladders. I think you should just, you should just leave. I need to find my sister. I, I, didn't, I didn't need to figure out what's going on because it's my wedding day and it's supposed to be the most amazing day of my life and it's not right now. Oh, I'm going to get my sister. Why? What's wrong? Um, Jane, is this your sister? This is, hi, I'm Sarah, James' sister. I mean, I, I, told you, I told you you could use your sister, but I didn't know she was going to show up drunk. I mean, just because my sister's an alcoholic too, doesn't mean that your sister should be an alcoholic and drunk at my sister's wedding. I was so not drunk. She's oh. not drunk. She just had one sip. This is just one sip of it. Okay, well, my sister is in the other room crying her eyes out, mascara running down her face onto her beautiful wedding dress uh, while your sister is, like, pulling apart the decor. Uh, excuse me, uh, ladies. Uh, so, hi, I'm, uh, I'm Brad, the, uh, Billy Brad, the, the, the groom. Uh, and so... Uh, Brad, you are cute. Go some, on. Uh, yeah, so, so, um, by the way, excellent Long Island iced teas. Uh, and so my, my fiance is kind of upset. Yeah. Yes, obviously, Billy Brad, he's, she's very upset. You, yeah, she's, you're not she's, yourself today. She's kind of upset. And I was just wondering, uh, if there's anything you could do. We can, oh, you know what? We'll just we'll just we'll just uh have the cake cutting ceremony a little bit early. How about that? That'll distract her. Yeah, and so that's a good idea because she wait, really wait 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 the guest the guests aren't even here yet. What are you guys talking about? I think it's a... cut the cake before the guests come. Well, Whatever you know, my uh, fiance really likes cake, mm -hmm. and yeah. and so do I. I like cake. Good. Cake is actually I mean, really, really good. And I, I'm just so, wondering if you guys should even get married at this point. Like, I, I I'm kind of worried now for my sister. I'm worried that with my own judgment. I mean, I hired you, and I'm what? Yeah. I'm basically ruining my sister's wedding. Um. So I <sighs> not just not on purpose. I feel like you're being really. Yeah, I'm with her. I feel like you're being really super unsupportive. And, you know, Me. like, as though you're kind of trying to, like, insert yourself into the relationship. And these nice oh. ladies are, are going to get her cake, which is something she likes. And you're trying to deny her something. And she's going to be my wife. 
which means that she's going to do what I think is best. And so if she wants to have cake and I think it's best, I think it's really probably a good idea if maybe you don't perhaps go so get like quite quite like get involved. I mean, you know, my sister, right? You know, she's not going to do what you tell her to do. I mean, 1999 women don't do what they're told to do. I feel like you're trying to act as the agent for your sister. Oh, yeah. Wedding day. I'm I'm trying to help her. It's her wedding day. Why is everyone ganging up on me? I just want my sister to be happy on her wedding day. I mean, you are the cake blocker. I mean, (laughs) total cake blocking. You know what, guys? We all want cake. We all want cake. You know what? Why don't you guys go ahead, cut the cake. They want cake. Start eating it with no one here. And then let's bring in my sister and let's see how she feels about it when you're covered in cake on her wedding day before all the guests arrive. Zach, do you think you want to do that? Do you think that's a good plan? I mean, I think it's bad luck if you see a bride on her wedding day. So why don't I leave you? Uh, I mean, I, you know, I could eat, take my piece of cake and then the three of you could have all the cake you want. And then what happens at the part of the ceremony when the cake cutting happens and you're supposed to, you know, and you stuff the cake in each other's faces and oh, someone's yeah. not going to do that part? Then like, cake walker, oh. have you ever heard of just like turning the cake around? The plan was to put the cake in the middle of the dance floor when they cut it and they, you know, do whatever they want to do. So you're going to see all the sides. Do you have love in your life? What kind of a question is that? It's a Yeah. Do you have love in your life? Of course I have love in my life. Of course. I these questions from you what i need to do is make sure that this wedding goes well for my sister so that she doesn't kill me okay that's all i'm trying to do oh what's up ladies you guys see my brother what's up good to see you what's up chad searching yeah what's up chad brad you guys know me chad brad my brother billy what's up i'm ready to party down with this Wedding. Let's get the wait, wedding wait, wait. and ding a ding on. What is up? Uh, we didn't invite you to the wedding. Why are you here? I don't know. I got something in my email, Twitter, feed inbox, Facebook. Yeah. Jane. What is up? Did you, did you alter the invitations? Jane, did you like alter the invitations? I don't know if she altered anything, but I'll tell you what I saw on the Twitter, Facebook email link. It was a party and it was here. Right on this Newport Beach yacht where we're all hanging out. Listen, I, I specifically told my sister I didn't want you here. After what happened between us, like, you're not supposed to be here. I know. You're you not know, supposed to be here. Are you guys really warm? I'm like really warm. I feel like I want to totally take my shirt off. I am so sweaty. So oh sweaty. You guys, I, I am like, you know what happened between you guys, Chad Brad? Yeah. You, it's you know, 
I'm so, you know what? I burn really easily. And I was just wondering, like, maybe you guys could like hit up my back so I don't get burned at this wedding. You know? Yeah. This is what happened between us. Do you notice he doesn't even acknowledge our existence or anything that we're saying? That's what happened between us. Oh, this Nothing is, happened between us. This is some He's, dope cake. Oh, yeah. shit. Chocolate or raspberry vanilla? Fuck me. This is fucking bad. Us. I'm just going to be over here eating cake. You know, it is cake month. Oh, it's cake month. So celebrate it. Oh, absolutely. I am. I am famished. I was just busy deadlifting before I came over here, and I've been so fucking sore in my chest. Do, do my pecs look kind of pumped up? Because they feel really sore. Okay, um, first of all, Chad, if you were deadlifting, your pecs wouldn't be pumped up, okay? Well, I deadlifted before I did curls and push-ups and crunches. Like every day, hello, don't you remember the P90X? Yeah. Um, I, re I remember P90X and nothing else. And you ignoring me, basically. It's what I remember. Oh my God, but you're like such a good detective. You called him out on that. Oh yeah. So anyway, yeah. So what else? Uh, when when is the, the party start? I feel like it's like it was like around three o'clock when it, and it's right now it's like three thirty. I don't know. Uh, it's actually at five. It's oh. at five, and you shouldn't be here at all, let alone an hour and a half early. Oh, you're so, so right. You know what? I still have time to get waxed. So you yeah, know, you you should do that maybe, and just go wax, and then don't come back. Just, I, yeah, you know what, Chad Brown? I totally thought I was the most obnoxious person here, but yeah, go get waxed. And scene. That brings us to the end of this week's legal voyage. And I want to thank you for joining me, your captain, on this earmark edition of Laying Down the Law. And I'd like to thank my crew, Kathy, Pia, and Tony, for joining me on this journey into madness. And listener, I'd like to thank you for coming along with us. Wherever you are, you're also here while you're there via the magic of Earmark CPE. I'd also like to thank the OG cello performance CPA, Blake Oliver, for building Earmark CPE, the mighty little app that makes learning fun and free. <clears throat> Mostly free, but now you can subscribe. Isn't that right, Blake? That's right, Billy. And speaking of mighty, thank you to the mighty Q, Quentin Feitner for the mighty cover art. Thank you for the opportunity, Billy. And hey, if you listeners want some cool art of your own, you can find me at fightpro.com. Thank you to David Felton for creating the awesome all original music. And a special thank you to Jeff at Feitner Productions. Hey, that's me. <laughs> yes, Jeff. That is you. Thank you, Jeff, for making a little boy's radio show dreams into a middle-aged man's podcast reality. So until next time... Wait. What's this? You forgot something. What's that? I forgot something, you say? Yeah, you gotta do the thing. You know, the thing. All right. If you want even more of that delicious legal nut butter drenched in comedy chocolate, find the full version of this and every amazing episode of Laying Down the Law at FightPro.com or wherever in the metaverse you get your podcasts. That's F-Y-T-E-P-R-O dot com. Fighter Productions is not responsible for the preceding comments related to nut butter 
If you or someone you know experiences nausea, third eye blindness, sudden onset euphoria, or have an unrelenting craving for ham, seek help immediately. Laying down the law is protected by the Intergalactic Treaty of Euripides, Stardate 21821.90. If you'd like a transcript of the show, please send a self-addressed stamped envelope to Colonel Steve Austin, care of the Foundation for Law and Government, 221A Baker Street, Beverly Hills, 90210. Any likeness to real places, persons, or events is absolutely happenstance. We'd never intentionally crib real life happenings to make a podcast. We're not true crime after all. It's more likely a situation similar to the chimpanzees, typewriters, and Shakespeare, right? That's what Attorney Steve says anyway. And if you know what's good for you, you listen to Attorney Steve. I don't argue with Attorney Steve, mostly because he ain't right in the head and quite honestly frightens me a little bit. The last time we went to court, the judge started asking him all kinds of weird questions like, where did you study law and why hasn't the State Bar of California ever heard of you? Then Attorney Steve started doing this weird deep breathing meditation kind of thing and muttering under his breath about a monster truck fight and how the judge ain't got nothing on a 15,000 pound, 2,000 horsepower fire breathing death cage on wheels and then the bailiff came running with his taser and honestly, I didn't even ask Attorney Steve to come with me. It was only traffic court for God's sake. Besides, I totally parked in the loading truck when I went into the 